This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Bookmark This, a Straits Times podcast in which we talk about books in the headlines and recommend to you new reads. I'm To Wen Lee and I'm joined today by my co-host, Olivia Ho. Hello. The news has been dominated by plenty of grim headlines lately, from the ongoing pandemic to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Today's podcast topic will be a light-hearted diversion from some of these heavier issues. Make love, not war, as they say. And in line with that theme, we'll be discussing two new novels about love and marriage. One of these, in fact, is titled Love Marriage, and it is Monica Ali's first novel in more than 10 years. Set in London after the Brexit vote, it tells the story of a trainee doctor who is engaged to be married to a fellow medic. And their parents are going to be meeting for the first time, so what could go wrong? But first, we'll be talking about The Verifiers, a mystery novel by Singapore author Jane Peck. This debut novel is set in New York, and its protagonist, Claudia Lin, works for a referrals-only online dating detective agency. One day, one of her clients goes missing, and she ends up uncovering a web of deceit. So Olivia, could you tell us more about this detective agency? So the name of the agency is Veracity. It investigates online dating profiles and it helps its clients verify if their potential dates are indeed who they claim to be, which is surely something that many people going on Tinder or whatever are concerned about. So Claudia is a new hire. She works for this very enigmatic guy called Kamala. Um, and her, she has one colleague who is more senior than her and more competent called Bex. And she's quite intimidated by Bex. Claudia is an English and history major who gets her own dating advice from people like Chaucer's Wife of Bath, which is, uh, you know, perhaps not the most uh, popular dating advice, but she says things like, forbade us thing and that desire and we press on us fast and then will we flee, which basically means that, you know, you should, uh, you should keep them wanting more by withholding stuff from them. But yeah, so her roommate is like, you must be the only millennial in the world to rely on romantic advice from the Middle Ages. Claudia is also an avid mystery enthusiast. So she's obsessed with these novels set in ancient China. And they feature this Sherlock Holmes-esque detective called Inspector Yun. Uh, And the novels are one of the very few things that she can connect with her mother over. So her mother is this Taiwanese immigrant who single-handedly raised three kids after her husband abandoned her. Uh, she, She is not aware that her efforts to match Claudia with a nice Chinese boy are in vain because Claudia actually prefers women. And Claudia has this overachieving older brother, Charles, who helped her get her original job in finance. And, you know, she, he would be really upset if he knew that she had left it to go and play dating sleuth. And uh, she has a beautiful and insecure sister called Caroline who, you know, wants to know if her boyfriend is cheating on her which Claudia is actually now in a position to investigate. So there's this whole uh, family drama going on as well at the same time. Into all of this enters Iris Latrist, who is a client at Veracity with what it seems to be a hidden agenda of her own. So she asks the Veracity team to investigate a number of profiles. One of them turns out to be a married man. And soon after that, Iris vanishes and she later turns up dead. So Claudia cannot resist investigating this mystery, even though Komla and Bex keep warning her to leave it alone. And then as she digs further, she begins to realize that even veracity may not be what it seems. So I tried really hard to think of another novel this reminded me of, and I came up blank because uh, it is quite unusual in that sense. I couldn't think of anything else that um, it's like. 
all of these things have been done before in their own parts, like say the murder mystery, the immigrant family drama, the millennial social media narrative. But what is unusual here is the way that uh, Peck juggles them at the same time, and she finds threads that connect them in quite uh, intriguing ways. So this book looks at how technology affects romance in the 21st century, right? Mm, yes. That's where the book gets really interesting for me. So did you ever use dating apps? Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, our long and bloody history of dating apps aside, uh, Claudia herself, she doesn't use dating apps. She thinks that matching feels sort of unromantic. But what we learn through her investigations is that, first of all, there is a staggering amount of privacy invasion that goes on in dating apps, if, you know, what the book posits is true. Then the second thing that we learn is that there's this idea of choice architecture. So what that means is that the premise being of the apps being that we feed the algorithms information about ourselves so that they can help us make better choices, right? And that's something that we would welcome in an age of overwhelming array of choice, uh, since the alternative to that is choice paralysis. But, so I'm going to quote one of the characters here. He says, Our vendors' algorithms pre-select our choices and then tell us these are the things we want. Impossible to verify since we can never know what they failed to show us. And so over time, what they do present to us, what they want us to want, does indeed become what we want. So can an algorithm really find you love or is what it's doing pre-selecting your choices and in so doing streamlining and orchestrating your desires? And then when actually Claudia begins to think about it more, this idea starts to extend to everything in her life, you know, like uh, whether it's the social expectations placed on her or even in the way that her siblings love her. Uh, she begins to wonder, for instance, if her older brother Charles loves her because he unconsciously realized that it was the best way to make himself indispensable to, his, to their mother. And it doesn't mean that his love for her is any less, you know, genuine or strong. It, it's still just a really chilling thing to contemplate about your brother that this might be the source of his love. Mm. Yeah, so... Ultimately, it's a question of whether would you rather go with the unromantic safety of the algorithm or would you rather let love remain a mystery that you have to solve on your own? Yeah. This idea of the invisible forces that shape our seemingly conscious um, actions, right? Yeah. What's driving our, our so-called subconscious desires. And you think that it's something very frivolous, right? Dating apps. But actually, when it comes down to it, it's a huge important choice in your life, the person that you choose to spend your life with. So that is maybe one of the biggest choices you can ever make. So it's actually not that frivolous. It actually affects, affects quite a lot. So yeah, a lot to think about, about the verifiers. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to, to read about a story about someone who takes advice from the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> because the, the, middle, the people from the Middle Ages aren't as straight-laced as we perhaps assume that they are. I mean, there's so much in the Canterbury Tales that that you know is very it's naughty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so explicit. Like I, when I, when I try to explain this, the wife of Bath, for instance, uh, she was a she had five husbands. Mm. So I, I guess you know you could take some advice from her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Our next book is Monica Ali's new novel, Love Marriage. Ali was born in Dhaka to a Bengali father and English mother, but she moved to the UK when she was just three years old. 
She's best known for her 2003 debut novel, Brick Lane, the story of a Bangladeshi teenager who moves to London in an arranged marriage. She wrote a couple of books after that, the last of which was in 2011. Love Marriage, therefore, is the British author's first book in more than a decade. A TV adaptation by the BBC and New Pictures is already in the works. So, um, Ali's new novel um, starts off um, with a kind of um, rom-com premise, um, meet-the-parents kind of scenario. So it's about a junior doctor called Yasmin who is engaged to a fellow medic, a guy called Joe. There's something about doctors dating other doctors there. Um, the novel begins with Yasmin's parents and Joe's mother meeting for the first time in Joe's mother's house. Um, so the Garamis, Yasmin's parents, um, are pretty straight-laced people, whereas Harriet, who is Joe's single mother, is a liberal feminist author who is still famous for having posed nude in her younger days. So sex is a big thing in this book. Um, we get infidelity, sex addiction, sexual violence, and so on. Um, but at its heart, I think this book is really just, um, you know, a good old-fashioned, compelling read. So as I was reading it, I kept saying to myself, you know, novelists don't seem to write like this anymore. I'm just going to read from the first couple of paragraphs in the novel. In the Garami household, sex was never mentioned. If the television was on and the kissing with tongue scene threatened the chaste and cardamom-scented home, it was swiftly terminated by a flick of the black box. When Yasmin began her first period, her mother had slipped her a pack of Kotex maxi pads and murmured instructions to not touch the Quran. This was confusing because Yasmin never touched the Quran anyway, except at the behest of her mother. But it also made sense because menstruation, as she had learned in a biology class, was linked to reproduction. And the dotted line diagrams in the textbook were, surprisingly, yet undeniably, linked to the actors who pushed their tongues into each other's mouths, thus ruining everyone's viewing pleasure. Now, at the age of 26, Yasmin knew all about sex. The human body had long since yielded its mysteries. She had slept with three men and was engaged to be married to the third. Joe, a fellow doctor at St. Barnabas Hospital. Her parents, Shalkat and Anissa, liked Joe because as a doctor, he was automatically suitable. And because everyone liked Joe, he was gifted that way. If Anissa longed for her daughter to marry a good Muslim boy, it was an opinion she kept to herself. So it starts off feeling a bit like a romantic comedy, you know, this idea of um, parents and prospective in-laws meeting for the first time, you know, what could possibly go wrong. Um, but after that, we do get a series of pretty surprising twists and turns, and we find that all is not what it seems in the Gurami um, household. So Love Marriage is Ali's um, first book in one in a decade. During part of her 10-year hiatus, um, she was battling depression, which had something to do with the way three of her other books had been received by book critics. So Brick Lane, um, her debut was very successful. It was published in 2003 to wide acclaim, um, but the three books after that uh, received mixed reviews. These were Alenteo Blue, set in a Portuguese village, In the Kitchen, which was about a London chef, and Untold Story, which imagines what happens after a woman who is very much like Princess Diana uh, fakes her death and escapes to America. So Ali was um, very unhappy with the way people seemed to assume that she could only write about certain topics, such as immigrant topics. Anyway, I really enjoyed Love Marriage, even though some of the scenes seemed um, unbelievable and felt a bit caricaturish towards the end. 
It also occurred to me while planning this podcast that one thing the verifiers and love marriage seem to have in common is the influence of Jane Austen, uh, who is of course known for tackling themes of love and marriage in novels like Pride and Prejudice, um, Sense and Sensibility, and so on. So in Pets, the verifiers, we learn that Claudia has written a thesis on Jane Austen. She at one point says... I know Bex thinks I'm Catherine Morland in Northanger Abbey, hyperventilating over my own imagination. But what if I'm Jane Eyre and there is a crazy person banging around in the attic? I want to be the one that finds them. Yes, and in Ali's love marriage, many of the characters have a pretty Austin-like quality. For example, Yasmin, um, the protagonist, keeps making assumptions about the people around her and she's frequently proven wrong. And Harriet, who is Joe's mother, is also very well-meaning, but she's intrusive, a bit too over-friendly without realizing it. Ali, incidentally, is a fan of Austen, and she told me in a recent interview that her favorite Austen novel is Emma, because it's the funniest one. Are you a fan (laughs) of Emma, Olivia? Uh, Funny story. So Emma um, was not my favorite Austen heroine, but then... Last year, I was watching the Emma adaptation, the recent one with Anya Taylor-Joy, and it occurred to me that she is the Austin Heron that I am most like, which was quite shocking for me because I think most people go in thinking, oh, you're like Lizzie Bennet, you know, because she's so cool and independent. and Yeah, and then I was watching and I was like, I am like Emma. (laughs) And this was a... This is kind of a shocking epiphany because Emma's not the most likable character in Austin's. <laughs> Austin's <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I like to think that I'm Emma at a slightly older, more self-aware age. Yeah, I like to think so too. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy these two modern-day stories that make the readers rethink what love and marriage might mean in the 21st century. And that's what we have for you this episode. Once again, thank you for listening to us. I'm To Wen Lee. And I'm Olivia Ho. You have been listening to our Bookmark This podcast. We'll catch you next time. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.